This season of the Good Up Podcast is sponsored by Empath Psychological Services. Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming Good Up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Here at the Good Up Pod, we're all about shedding light on life experiences that have contributed to who we are and learning to navigate them to find a feeling that's, well, you know, good up. For some of us, that journey includes therapy. Empath Psychological Services operates with the belief that life's challenges are not all of who we are. They aim to create a non-judgmental environment to help their clients harness their own power and to find their path to mental well-being. Good Up and Empath Psychological Services share a passion for helping others navigate their own healing their way. If you're interested in teletherapy services in the U.S. Virgin Islands or the state of Texas, check out the link in the description box for more information on how you can book a session with Empath Psychological Services. Hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Good Up Podcast. I'm your host, Blue Ivy Carter. And I am the microphone that Monet sang um, in at a world on. <laughs> Listen. She, she done that. Listen. Ah. I, I want to start by saying this. I'm not even going to warm people up. I ain't going to ask you how your week been. I ain't, I ain't saying shit, okay? I came here. I, I, you know why I'm fucking here, okay? Y'all saw the episode title. You saw the promos. You know why I'm here, Okay. So let me just say this. If you require that you be top doggy, big boss on top priority, if your body got up, even though you had a pick me, and if they be trying to give people you, but it be giving hot mess, bitch, this is the episode for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> yes, no lyrics. I'm so excited. For our OG listeners, y'all know that me and Hey Isa manifested this. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to remind <laughs> us of the season and the episode in which we both said. We literally said Dream Monet guest, needs to be on the podcast. Monet. I have me like blush. <laughs> I <laughs> so welcome, Monet. Welcome to Gut Up. It's about motherfucking time. Exactly. exactly. It's about time. Monet was dragging me all year. So long, especially, exactly. Especially because you say you named this after that gypsy lyric. So I don't know why, why, why. We did. <laughs> Like, I was just nervous. I was like, I am a no, fan. For I don't know how to act. I don't know what to say. And yeah, then I, be, like, I be seeing y'all on the timeline too. I be, I be, I be looking at y'all. I be knowing what's going on. Don't worry. Like, listen. Next time, well, now you know for the second round, just. I get you. So yeah. welcome. We're excited to have you. Monet, I'm going to give you some time to introduce yourself to the people because a lot of people know who this woman is. Okay. There's no doubt yeah. about it, but some might not. So Monet, talk your shit. Yeah, <laughs> the monarchy queen period. I'm just joking. <laughs> My name is Monet. Um, I'm from the British Virgin Islands, but USBI definitely adopt me. Basically, <laughs> I rep the whole other VA at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I make dancehall music. I make music for the woman. I make music for the body. I live. Um, I really believe in that women are multifaceted, and like you say, we could be conservative and relaxed and chill, and then we could switch into a sexual being and uh, whatever you want to call it i just feel they have so many different sides to women and i feel like that's what i mainly represent i love yes. it facts oh. facts just <laughs> oh my facts. god <laughs> no so, yeah welcome we're excited to have you as you said earlier yeah and for those who don't know i've talked about it before but good the name good up actually came from a lyric of one of monet's songs it's called <laughs> gypsy if you ain't listened to it yet how the fuck you been um so yeah i remember we were yeah, going through a space me. where we were like yeah we want to go through our rebrand it's time mm-hmm. the old name just wasn't fitting right and i was listening to the song and i was like that feeling of being good up like that's mm-hmm. what i trying yeah. to get to and i was like why don't we just yes. call the podcast good up and we went with that so yeah. long story that. short money's a legend on this podcast and we here Facts. um <laughs> so we oh about to have fun I can't stop blushing. <laughs> we about to have fun tonight, though. We we are going to um, you know, we all have our our drinks 
and mm-hmm. we gonna talk shit we gonna get to know each other because i think sometimes you know see people on on social media and you like know them in one way but yeah. i like getting to mm-hmm. know people in a different way um and i think this is a good opportunity to do that and good up is known for feeling like you're talking to your best friend them right so yeah. that's what we're doing tonight we are going to play a very interesting game of never mm. have i ever <laughs> oh, why are you doing it yeah so yeah so I'm going to my, get into some things all in my business yes. Listen, so i will say i am known for telling my business on this podcast but i am not going to be asking i already like super crazy shit i just okay. i think never have i ever is a fun game because you kind of get to know like oh what have you done in your life or like what have you yeah. done stories that always come from it so i gonna ask fitting. the questions but when we play Never Have I Ever, this is the difference between what we're going to do tonight and what other people will do on date games. If you want to, you are going to tell the story or like the context behind your Never Have I Ever. Okay? If you want to. Mm. <laughs> so, because a lot of times okay. we play the game and we don't just move on, right? But I don't be sitting there yeah. like, no, bitch, I want to know how come you... I want the tea, honey. <laughs> I want to know the tea. Oh. So here we go. We gonna I gonna warm my up though. We gonna ask some some simple questions first. And then okay. So, okay. so you sip if you've done it, and then you tell your context if you want to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Holy shit! But oh god. Okay. Because I'm I don't know how to come up with things that I want to know from y'all like that I've never done. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. But we'll 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 figure it out. We'll figure. And it you out. you could choose. You could choose. Okay. Okay. So I this this you is the warm up question. Yeah. Never have I ever acted out the lyrics of one of Monet's songs. Acted out the lyrics. Um. I, well, I I think that depends. That's unfair. <laughs> I think everybody's gonna sip that thing. Mm-hmm. Which song? <laughs> okay. I mean. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That was very petty and on and like. Why not? So everybody mm. here has to expound on the fact that we had a quickie in the car. You don't have. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good quickie like, in the really car girl? is a good one. That okay. was a good one. Quickie okay. in the car is a very good one. Because I may or no, I'm definitely not going to talk about that. But Listen, the- all of the lyrics of the <laughs> uh-huh freestyle is like. <laughs> me at a certain y'all point got me head, y'all got me here like what my lyrics say again like y'all got me quizzing myself like why sir <laughs> yep quick quickie the, in a car yeah bad girl and so uncomfortable <laughs> anytime when they said maybe you packing in the back and if i'd be in the car like yes yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so um. okay next question <laughs> never have i ever taken a man back who didn't deserve it I'm going to go ahead and drink. I'm going to just go ahead and take a sip. I'm not going to sit here like I ain't talk all my business. Like, if I don't sip, everybody's going to drag me. <laughs> I don't tell too much. Of, you're right. I don't tell too much of my business on this podcast. Or like To not tell the truth about that one. So who so. going first? <laughs> I, Deidre, I think you should go. <laughs> Fine. Okay. You know what? Fine. Okay. So y'all know I have talked about my relationship to Dylan's dad, right? Mm-hmm. It went on for way longer than it needed oh, to. It's- he's shown me in many ways that that relationship should have been over that's one two <laughs> how many times did you take him back oh was it was God. it a breakup to makeup situation oh no our relationship was very breakup to makeup there were points where we would be like broken up still living in a house and he's in one room and i'm in the next and we're like not speaking to each other for months house is silent like we are not speaking living together okay the thing that kept me with amorasco so long is because his rasco fucking coke and I <laughs> listen. I think his <laughs> rasa do some. I believe he do some kind of obia on me because oh, when, we, when when he was tired of my shit and he Ew. was tired of the silent treatment, he used to take his ass in that kitchen and cook up something good. And he would always cook something I never had before. He would cook something real fucking good. And he, he would be in the room like mm, I can't. I had a living room playing with Dylan, and I could smell that fucking food, and I'm like this nigga. And he cooking something. He be real creative in that fucking kitchen. And I'm like, bitch, I ain't eating shit because I'm eating whatever the fuck he's cooking. And then he would cook the food, right? And this is what he would do. He would say, there's some food there if you want it. And he's just like, just like that because he don't have a Korean accent. <laughs> there's some food in the kitchen if you want it. And I used to be like, thank you. And then he would leave. But well, you still used to go eat that fuck, DJ. But you still used to eat that she will be waiting for that shit. You better have cooked. And this will be after we've been giving each other the silent treatment for like two months straight. Listen. And so I would devour the food. And then naturally, 
I would text him. <laughs> Mind you, we're in the same house, right? He's in one bedroom. I'm in the other. And I'm like, the food was good. What was that? And then he would tell me. And then next thing you know, macaroni sound. <laughs> Not that macaroni sound. Deidre. <sighs> Yo. <Ooh>. Okay. <laughs> Monet, you want to go next? <laughs> I can't even top that story. Mine was, mine ain't really been like, break up and make up, break up and make up, but it's more like, like giving too much chances. Like okay. knowing when you see a lot of red flags yeah. and then you kind of like, I always did this weird thing. Thank God I like graduate from being a man clung or whatever. Praise God. I have a good man now. Praise God. But anyway, it had, it's just, it's just you Yes. Because I male center. Like I know what thing. you mean. It's not even male centered. Okay, I did come to a point in my life, not gonna lie, like I was so focused on my career and music. And mm-hmm. for a long time, if one thing going really well in my life, the next thing was always in shambles. So if I was mm-hmm. really doing good in my career, I felt like my relationship, my love life was in shambles and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And vice versa, yeah. But it just had this point where I felt like I was focusing so much on my career that I just became, I don't want to say the word desperate, but I used to second guess my intuition about men sometimes like Mm. i used to overthink like they would show me a red flag that i know for a fact was a red flag but my brain would be like you always kind of overthinking the situation it's not as bad as it really Mm. is so then that flag look kind of pink you know yeah like they really yeah i just exaggerating i just mm -hmm. anxious like are my standards too high like i'd be so strict am i too like you know now i start questioning what i know like as myself and what I tolerate and what I know is right for me and not. So then it will be a lot of red flags, small little ones that just building, building. And I just, mm-hmm. there, I just, there, like just loving the companionship, just loving having yeah. somebody around until it yeah. just get to the point where it's like, what, what are you really tolerating right now? Like, you know who you is, you know, that Hello. kind of feeling, man, it just had moments where it's just, you have to check yourself. Like, girl, this man is not the prize. Like you, you are the prize for real, for real, for real. For Say real. that like, again. I am the prize. You yeah. don't ever look in the mirror so, and be like, "I am fucking Monet." Like that don't ever. Right, you know, like right. Should have, should have test, should have test. And I'd that just, was I'd just like, want to know though, because like I listen to your obviously I listen to your music after right, and it'll it'll make me want to talk my shit. So I'm like, yeah. I yeah. I don't know what it's like for it to be your music, and like, do yeah. you play it and just be like, yeah. That was me. I said I fuck. Like, back. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm that bitch. So, you know the crazy thing sometimes about making music? So, sometimes in a moment, I do feel that way. Like, how i speaking. Like, I feel like I don't talk my shit. I feel this way. But as humans, it's like you have your ups and downs about, mm. you know, you're confident. <laughs> one day you wake up, you feel like that bitch. And one day you wake up, you feel like just a regular person. Or you just, yeah. you know, you like, get what's your the point? feelings. Yeah, what are you feeling insecure about something or your low self-esteem? But sometimes with music, like, I would write about how I want to feel as well. Mm. So if I feeling like if I just went through a breakup, right? And for example, Wave is a good example of that. Like, I went through like this weird, like, time breakup or whatever. And I I just was getting in my head like, okay, wait, just wait. I know he going to spin the block. Like, I know he going to want to come back in my life. And I ain't going to be checking. Like, it was one of those things. And then yeah. I made wave like you know I how bad I song. would feel as a man. <laughs> a whole song and music video, and I know I is the bitch who inspired. That's what's Yo. sending me. I couldn't imagine being the motherfucker who she dragging on the dam. Oh my god! Oh my Sometimes gosh. so it don't be about one specific person. Sometimes like first verse might be about one person, second verse might be about another person, and it's oh, just wow. kind of like a combination of like people that I'm speaking about or. It could be a vibe where it's just like, okay, I just want to storytell in this moment. And I think mm. that's the mis- the mystery about it. Like, people wouldn't really know yeah. um, exactly which song I'm talking about a specific person. but Because it's, mm. like, more mixed mixed in yeah. with each other sometimes. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Yeah. I want to ask you something related music. to that. Right. So, I know <laughs> there's some artists who write songs that are more so inspired by, like, other people. But obviously, mm-hmm. the audience assumes that the song is about the artist. Do you have any songs like that where it has nothing to do with you, but people just assume Inspired. it's about you? I can't really pinpoint a song, but I could say that sometimes it's um, an exaggeration of a situation mm, that okay. can, that kind of loops 
more people into being relatable to more people basically i would mm. say so okay so for example like um oh gosh right and that song is basically about you know you move on with a guy and i guess like the ex beta or whatever whatever but in, when I wrote that song originally, I oh my god, I can't believe I spilled my tea. Um, when I wrote that, welcome song, to the Good Up Podcast. <laughs> I ain't gonna go into too much detail. But when I when I wrote that song, I was in a weird, weird, weird love triangle, and I was in my delusional era. Like, Ooh, um, we've all been there. Isn't the delusional era fun though? It, yeah, it was. It was one of those things as if I was thinking like I talk it to this this other girl, but that's not really none at all man but it was just a weird love triangle and i was talking <laughs> to this other girl so it was just that's just so delusional but like i say it have parts of it that is an extrapolation of what you want to call it exaggeration but but the gist of it the basis of it comes from something that's real that actually happened to me i love yeah. it oh i love that that's so juicy. all right so i i gonna tell my story because dj to drag me one of the ask question and don't answer them because hey Isa is good for it hey Isa, will have you here money telling all your business and then just move on to the next question like she's supposed <laughs> to answer it too i'm a journalist we're not doing this today <laughs> so yes i mean Spill. I, I think multiple, I've taken back multiple men who didn't deserve it. Okay. It's, it's, I think sometimes you don't grow up in a certain way where like you, you might have seen your parent do it, or mm-hmm. you just want to be loved at the end of the day. So you're willing to accept shit that you don't need to accept. Um, mm-hmm. I, I told a story on a podcast once, I think we were, we did an episode about like exes and I talked mm. about how I dated somebody on and off for a decade, pretty much like, Damn. and it was just toxic and there was like ghosting involved and then he would go off and like date other people and oh, yeah, i would and have something to, like, about his mental health right and then he would come back and be like yeah i was struggling mama like i was going through something um so but every time mm-hmm. he would come back i would be like it's cool like because one deja i ain't gonna lie you feel sorry for him you feel I felt sorry, sorry for him, for him. Too. when they when they do that mental health thing i hate that shit yeah, yeah I, I, I remember asking if you it. felt like it was something he was weaponizing because he knew you mm-hmm. would like feel and bad I, and yeah and i had tell him. you like because men don't talk about their mental health a lot so for he to be like telling me what he was going through i used to feel like damn like if i stay mad at you i fucked up for it yeah well also the sex was really really good like it was <laughs> it was ridiculous re- ridiculously good like it was it was to the point where i used to be like i need i need somebody to arrest this man because this cannot be normal like i need right i need a reason to not have access to it like, and that's what i said because i feel like those men who don't really know what they're doing them to be the toxic ones so because i feel like they don't learn they got so they can yes. Really have, yes i feel like they don't learn how to do the most just so they can like do that like just be so yeah i lives I, I could sit here like, and lie and say Oh my God. Like it was, it, it was an emotion. Don't get me wrong. It was a, a very deep emotional connection, mm. but I would be lying if I did not say that the sex was a major part of it because I used to be like, yeah. I could move on, but ain't going to hit the same way. Like I just, mm, I'll oh. take you back. But it got to a point where I, I was like, be like, I don't want to stack up no new body anyways. So it's like, yeah, you just go back to this body real quick. Yeah. I but you know what, you know what fucked that man up? I met my husband and Period. I was like, oh shit <laughs> like the yeah. minute somebody come and take you off your platform i'll be like damn sucks for you but yeah. like no <laughs> honestly go <laughs> like, and that's the problem like mm-hmm. i think these men are really think that they're the baddest to ever do it yeah. and then when you meet somebody who butter and one thing when you meet somebody who butter than the last one you ain't never going back to the last one babe and let me tell you something okay the last one i was involved with had me in a chokehold and don't ever assume like, that you are the best sex somebody ever had because i promise you it, it have better sex out there and the minute they find that out bitch you oh done they ain't thinking about you they're you're not done thinking about you're you. done <laughs> lord um my next question ain't gonna help none it's of this conversation either. you know never <laughs> have i ever <laughs> lied to a man about his sex being good oh my god never <laughs> We all know we do it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you don't listen to the show. <laughs> I feel I, like in a moment, I probably would just do that so I could get myself like into it more or some shit. Like I'd be like acting out shit. Like I just, I don't know, maybe in a fantasy wall in my head or something yeah. to just enjoy the experience a little bit more. Maybe they have that. a man to this day 
to this day who think he rock my fucking wall. Okay. And Papa's so happy about it that he don't choose to try to remind me. And I'll be like, oh my God, no. If you only knew. I was involved with somebody a long time ago. And I, and again, I don't give reports at the end. The closest you're going to ever get. Listen, anybody who's listening to this, who has had sex with me, if I've ever said, thank you, <laughs> that's my way of telling you that fuck will late. I have not said, no, I'm dead ass. Like if I say thank you, baby, that you? shit was lit. How do you say okay. it? Do you just like, thank you? I just, or do you be I like... just, I just, I just look over and I say, thank you. And ah! they're like, no way, no I just, way. I, don't, I just look over and I give a smirk and I say, thank you. So this is, I guess this is technically a lie. This was somebody that I was involved with for a lengthy period. And in the beginning, I used to enjoy it with him, but he was very vanilla. And mm. I've tried to give him hints on how to be a little bit more like, you know, but it just wasn't his thing. Fine. I just kind of accepted it. I'm like, okay. But he was feeling himself this night. So I, I guess I fell asleep soon after. Like once we were done, I was asleep. <laughs> Did you roll over? So, okay. <laughs> she, did, she didn't say thank you. So no, I thank you. Thanks. I didn't say thank you. I just, you know, I, I, I kissed him to good night and I went to sleep. And the next morning he was, I think because I went to sleep so quickly, he thinks he put me to sleep, honey. <laughs> and he was like, he was like hugging me from the back. And he was like, you went to sleep real quick. I really did. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Never have I ever creeped on a ex on social media i don't want to say stock because sometimes he ain't stalking you just you just like look at look. the ig yeah. question is it like an ex-boyfriend or just somebody who i was once involved with it could be either as long as you pull up on their socials to do a little a little check-in no, no. sometimes you, you you don't gotta find out how they're doing you know yeah. I, Marco, I run out on my first drink here. Like, my this straps is problematic. <laughs> this is problematic. I, I, my philosophy now is that I am blocking. I do not want to see shit. I but need back, to start. Yeah, back then I used to, I want to know what you posting. And when you post something, I want to know, like, what is about? Or, like, right. want to see, like, who you talking to on there and stuff like that. But no, because I, I dwell a lot. So I might be stuck mm. on one person for way too long. So I find that no contact is the best mm. thing for me. I don't want to see you. It's like out of sight, out of mind for real. You mm. don't exist. Like, honestly, yeah. like that's how I, how I move now. But back then, yeah, let's do a little creeping. You so, ever, so question for you specifically, Money. Have you ever like mm -hmm. seen an ex at one of your shows while you performing? And like, does you, that throw you off if it happens? Yeah, I had a, yeah at my show before. I didn't see them in a crowd when I was on stage, which which helps. But it would have been funny if I just looked them right in the eye and sing, right? Oh. But it, it had a moment, right, that this one ex of mine, he swear up and down that this one song is about him, right? Oh my and, god! But but we still say we we actually like cool friends or whatever. And I remember I had a show and they just tell me like. Oh, they was gonna come, but they're not coming because I performing because they don't want to be there when I perform the song. And I'm like, you really take this song? Like they swear up and down that I'm this song dead. is about them. And they say they're not coming because they think other people already assume that it's about them and they don't want people to be looking. Like it was this whole thing. Papa, like, calm down. You're doing a lot. I, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I swear nobody will be paying attention to you if you had to be in a crowd. Like that unless, was so Unless you stand in the middle like you like... And you, point, if like, you wear a shirt that says the song, this song is about me. Like, <laughs> if you if you in hand, you know you my ex. This one is for you, <laughs> right? Put a, what, put a spotlight on it. That's so cringy. Oh my god. Yeah, he oh was like, he coming. The song about him. I was like, dude, what? Like, I bye. feel like we all have an ex who really thinks that we think that much of them. Like, yeah. I have an ex who used to think that certain posts was about him. And I was like, dude, I really wasn't thinking about you. Like, but I, I, I definitely have um pulled up on, on our ex on social media. I mean, it'll happen sometimes. Like, even somebody that maybe I, I talked to a long time ago, like if the IG mm -hmm. pop up, I'll be like, how are you doing? Like, how did your life turn out? Really? I'd be like, oh, you have kids. That's cute. And then I move on with my life. Like, it's not like a, mm. I go DM you and be like, hey, it's good to see you. How hey, you doing? Head. It's just like a, <laughs> where did you end up? You know, especially if you had known me in my youth when I was oh my God. Mm. out here in these streets. 
and like Doing just to most. see Pawi then now you know a couple years later like you know you happy healthy all that good shit but like DJ you know a lot of my exes I'm still like for yeah, you were like, like friends with them or whatever. Oh, no, maybe not friends, the podcast. But... Like, yeah, so we uh-huh. we cool. So like, I don't see. <laughs> they're waiting on their moment. They're like, they, they, they're waiting for their moment. Cause they're going to go on Twitter like, <laughs> yeah. I know but y'all not... think that that episode was about me, but it wasn't. No, I but like, I, yeah. that man <laughs> I was talking about earlier. Who are those, you? Those mm-hmm. phases where we wouldn't be talking or like he would have another girlfriend. He don't listen to the show. I don't, I don't know if he don't listen anymore. We don't talk, but. He, like, he would have another girlfriend or whatever. And, like, I wasn't, I should have been, like, Monet and got no contact, but I wouldn't. He would, I would still mm. see his post. And he would be posting this. It have songs, Deidre, that I cannot stand to listen to because, like, he would be posting in my IG story about, like, this new person. And I would see it and be like, man, fuck you and oh, J. Cole. Like, oh. not J. Cole. Oh. It was, it's J. Cole specifically. But... <sighs> J. Cole so, catching strays. Catching strays. And I Fact. love J. Cole. But just shit Nicole's like that. Shit. Because I wasn't mature enough to say, you know, maybe it's not healthy for you to yeah. still have access to this person's page. Like, move on. This this might be a little risky one. I mean, okay. Never have I ever kissed or hooked up with more than one person in 24 hours. Oh uh, no. <laughs> kissed or I'm not judging. Up. I gonna have to drink. I I had a phase. Oh okay. yeah, you told the story. You told the story. So there was a point in my life where I had more than one man on rotation, and they did not know, but I did. And I so sometimes I would, you know, see one man in 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 the morning. We go beach or something. We hang out that day, and then I would go to the club and see one of my next man in and be like, oh hey, and leave or whatever. Like it was it was a very hey. good good point in my life. Okay, I was always safe. Yeah, I was always safe, but I will say that physically, I I would not recommend doing that shit on a regular basis. That was like a once in a blue moon kind of thing because okay. that's gonna be a lot. So this story is gonna be fine. It had to even like one guy. Like it'd be so hard to just like one of these men. So I don't can't imagine like juggling a lot of them. Like actually interested in more than one at a time. But when I like one person, is like finally See, my like problem. You is I don't like too many people at one time. <laughs> like I and it like I could I could sit here and say, oh, they was just it was just sex to me. Like they were just cute man. Like it is what it is. I had like each and every one of them. They were all special in their own unique That's way. That's cute. I know they listen and then I move they're gonna all be tweeting like I know y'all she think that episode like, was about me. Somebody yeah. go DM me and be like, what year was this? <laughs> yeah. So I drank. Um so this I'm gonna try to keep this one quick. And this was very like unplanned. So him and I were out because we used to go out a lot, right? We used to be out. And I had this coworker, this Caucasian man who was cute. And I had a little crush on a white dude, right? But I never said anything about it. But it turns out he liked me too, honey. Because um, me, this other girl we used to walk with, we were out with the dude I was dating at the time, the lying married whore. And I don't know where he was, but what I know is at some point the white dude entered the building and saw us and we all like were excited to see each other because we all work together. And before I know it, the white dude was kissing me and I was kissing that nigga back. I don't know if I could call him a nigga because he wasn't. I was just about to. <laughs> but what I do know is I don't know where my date was. I don't know if he was off with his friends. He might have been. Come here, my home girl. We used to love to like go on the dance floor and turn on the jukebox and have fun. So I don't know where my man was, right? But what I do know, I'm going to call him Chad. <laughs> what I do know is Chad came to the party and we all bonded and said hi because we all worked together and we danced. And before I know it, me and Chad was kissing on a dance floor. So, we, you know, we was at the Did people you... and function. And... Wait, wait, so where your date was? Where your date was? On the dance floor? He might have been to the bar or he might have went to the car for some shit. <sighs> now that I know that... The... At the time, and this is the thing, at the time I didn't know he was married. He so might have been calling his wife. I was just about to yeah. say, all I know he was in a parking lot calming down his wife on phone because she was probably cussing him for being out late yet again because we used to be out all the time. So for oh all I know, God. he ain't in a parking lot getting cut off from his it. wife. And I'm it. on the dance floor making out with Chad. So Good either way, Lord. I was 20, I was young. At the time, I felt like a piece of shit. 32-year-old Deidre is like, yes, bitch, you did that shit. Yeah, And I, I hope he's he listening because he does still slide in my DMs and I don't leave his ass on red. 
I feel like you went into my journal and looked for everything that's occurred in my life. I'm purposefully curated just in this list. I don't write down the <laughs> okay? I like to make fog. So, okay. <laughs> never have I ever had somebody tell me that I wasn't going to do something or I wasn't going to like be good at something and I proved them fucking wrong. I hope that one makes sense the way that I phrase it. So never I have I ever mean. had somebody tell me like, you can't do this like shit. Dope. And I'd be like, right. Yeah. Like, and okay. I actually do that fuck. I could drink on it. I don't know. You know what? I'm not going to drink on it because anybody who's felt that way about me have not been brave enough to say it to my face. So I've never had sure. somebody doubt me to my face. You know what I mean? Mm. If they have a little question, like, do you sure, are you sure this is going to work out? That's the closest they've come, but mm. I've never had somebody tell me that's never going to work. Like, have nah. you ever like had somebody doubt you kind of publicly though? Like say it to other people? I don't know. Because <laughs> my thing is, if you don't say it directly to me, you ain't said the shit. That's fair. <laughs> so, like, that's that fair. Ass, that's fair. If you, if you don't say it to me, then it wasn't said. Like, mm. I, I don't believe anything that's said about me unless it's said to me, right? So if you on Twitter, like subs and all that shit, I don't do it. I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> so nobody has ever to my face doubted me on what I can do. What about you, Money? Yeah, for me, it's like more so people not seeing, I guess, me as a star or not thinking I could make it. Like when I was just starting out, mind mm -hmm. you, in hindsight, I was just starting out. It's like, okay, give me a chance to grow. But some people started yeah, no, fuck them people. and some people didn't. So but he might like tell the world like he been fucking with a star. With a star. Oh. <laughs> but it was it, at that time and, and to this day, it kind of still like, get to me because at that time it was um somebody that I really looked up to. You know, mm. so for them to kind of be the person that could really help me in the moment, but them saying that I, they didn't like think that I would do well or, or would be, you know, like, I mean, look at me now, I feel like they, they had to eat their words, right? But mm -hmm. in the moment, they definitely was not, not seeing it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it was, I think it was because of, I mean, I, I'm more different now than when I was younger, right? So I feel like I was even more reserved back then. And then I would transform on stage. And now mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a more social dependent on who I'm around. And, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of vibe is different from back then. And then I still turn up on stage. But I think that that was their main reason why they didn't see it, right? They mm -hmm. felt like um, I just never used to come across as, you know, I, my personality is not like, look at me, look at me. I, I want attention, like, whenever mm. I'm in situations. I would more so give input if I have input. I'm not just about to talk if I don't have something good to say or something meaningful mm. to say. Yeah. I'm not the kind of person that, like, you know, people do things for clout and do things for those kind of things to get attention. And I'm more like, if I go out, you see me, you see me, I don't need to be in the middle. I don't need to be in your face, right? I feel like I'm me, I'm who I am, and you see me, you see me. So I feel like in that moment, they just never got it. But mm. now I feel like maybe they're looking back like, oh, I, I cannot see it. Or maybe they're not. Maybe they still don't see it. But that has nothing to do with it exactly. at this point. Yeah. So you don't ever have moments where just like, for example, your recent show where you finish it and you were just like, yeah, bitch, like in your face. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. So maybe that's just so me as a person. I like to make fuck. <laughs> no, what's so funny is I did have that moment because... Okay, so in the the industry, right, is very especially here in the VI, people is a supply and demand thing, right? So you might ask for a price and tell them your price and what you think your value is, and they might feel to themselves that okay, you're not pulling more than ten people, fifteen people. These people aren't really coming to see you to say that you should get this money. You know, what I'm saying it's kind of like a supply and demand thing. If, if people come in not to see you and spend the money, then okay, maybe you what this much of money right so to me it was kind of proving that yo i threw my own show i'm the headliner all that stuff are you going on with i'm gonna throw my own show yeah i will show you that they have people that's gonna pay money to come and see me as the headliner y'all think that people aren't coming to see me when you book me you think that i can't pull a crowd but i'm gonna throw my own show and you're gonna see and people came at least 150 people or more came to my show and I was the headliner. 
right? I yeah. specifically did a vibe where it was like I was the headliner. I didn't, I didn't went and bring somebody else or anybody else. Mm-hmm. That I it was your show, yeah. yeah. And then I made, and it was funny because recently somebody was somebody made this Facebook post. I'm not gonna say the who. But they made it in retaliation to thinking I was talking about them on Twitter when I was ranting about something else, mm-hmm. right? So I was ranting about a whole different situation on Twitter and then they made this whole post on Facebook, I guess, referring to me. I don't know to this day. Maybe maybe they're referring to me about, mm-hmm. oh, ridiculous price and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, okay, ridiculous <laughs> price, whatever you think or whatever. And then when I, when I, after my show, I made a post and I was just like, when people don't see a value, you have to show them, you have to prove to them yeah. that this is your your value for real. And that was, to me, the show, thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, thank you mm-hmm. for, for making for making it come true the way it did. But yeah. it, it definitely helped me prove to the people that it's kind of like, yeah, like people yeah. going pay and people, like I have real fans and it's not just social media, basically yeah. is what I was trying to prove. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, listen, I, from day like I get people have their own tastes and their own preferences and all of that stuff, but from day one, so I personally don't know what came before Big Jam, but my first experience of like you being on a song performer was Big Jam, and when it came out, I said, "Who the fuck is this girl on this bus?" And I went into this wormhole of like, "I need to figure out who the fuck." Instantly, from just that one verse, I was like, "I need to know who Monet is. I need to know yeah. what all songs she already get out on on Apple Music." I was like, "I I hear, I hear for it." So it'll blow my yeah. mind, especially back home when people are like hesitate to throw their support behind somebody because we one we have a lot of talented people coming out but also like sometimes the talent will be really fucking obvious like there's no question about Mm -hmm. it and like you have not had nothing to prove to yourself like right (laughs) that's what's setting me and even (laughs) i'm thinking about any time that i've seen like video clips because obviously i've never had the opportunity anytime i see video clips of you i'm like this girl commands the friggin' crowd like Even like, I'll never forget. I saw a performance a couple years ago and you was, you were performing um, the Sniper remix. But was it Andre the village? was in the crowd. I think it was Village. And, Andre, and he had the mic. And he yeah. had the mic and he sang Dexter Dab's verse. But just that whole experience, mm-hmm. it's like, who else have fans ready to jump in and yeah. assist with a song fully and do yeah. an entire verse? And the whole crowd was eating it up like mm-hmm, i've mm-hmm. never seen monet on a stage and the crowd don't just look like they are cro- like everybody just looks ready to just like like yeah. what? So i'm just I'm like s- at this point at this point on me i i talking directly to anybody who's still got question in their mind if you ain't here for monet bitch who are you here for <laughs> Who are you here for? <laughs> Who is there to be here for? If you right. are a promoter in the Virgin Islands, and I'm talking about the U.S. and the British Virgin Islands. And I talk about promoter. promoters who have money to pay, okay? Thank you. Promoters who know people Run coming to function. I feel like <laughs> any promoter in the Virgin Islands who don't have people coming to their function, it shouldn't even be a question. It's like, how? when are we getting money here? What? Mm-hmm. What? I don't even live in the Virgin Islands no more. And I already know money is... It'll be funny to... I don't even be coming home. Like... It could be <laughs> carnival and mean plan. No, that's the thing. Like, but if I don't see body on the lineup, I'll be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, What's yes, going on? Like, y'all attending. <laughs> listen, y'all listen. Y'all me out here. I said, we're just talking about the friggin' uproar we were in when we did not see Monet on that damn roster yeah. for the con- for festival. Listen, we like, what is happening? I just, y'all would I, be surprised. Y'all would be surprised of how political it gets. For stuff yeah. like village and stuff like those bigger stages too, it gets mm-hmm. real political about like who is on who camp, who is who is friends with who, who gains somebody. Like trust me, it gets real political sometimes, yeah. and it's not just about what the fans want sometimes. You know, so yeah. just keep keep that in mind too that it, it gets trickier than the fact yeah. that people want to see me. You know, so, so would would you say that's, that's probably fair. like the hardest part about trying to build up your career in that space? And like, obviously, I see it beyond. Like, I don't, I see you as a Virgin Islands artist, obviously because you from home and you are one of our people. But like, I don't see you as just local, right? I see you going beyond yeah. that scope. But like, you built 
building your career still in those VI spaces. So like, is that the hardest part that like political stuff that'll come in or what would you say is your biggest challenge, I guess? My biggest challenge is people, people seeing your worth while you still amongst them, I guess is what, like people, when you, when you in your own region, Yes, you have fans and stuff like that, but it's not usually not until you go off somewhere and then come back that they might be more willing to pay you a price that you really asking for. You know, like the uh-huh. people talk long your price a lot sometimes just because they feel, you know, you're local or whatever. But if, if now I feel like it would take me one more time going out, doing a bunch of shows away and really putting myself in a different market to then mm-hmm. come back home to do a show for people to for for the promoters and stuff to respect me a little bit more and then maybe I could like demand a little bit more money or demand a little bit more this and that. So I feel like the hardest thing is to grow more while I'm still within this market. You know, I feel like that's why also why I threw my own show as well because it was kind of the thing in my head like what else can I do in the VI mm-hmm. as as an artist right now? Like, what can I do? And I felt like throwing my own show was was the pinnacle. Not to say everybody know me in the VA. So I have a lot of people who don't know who I am in the VA, you know, but it was one of those things like, what can I do instead of waiting to be booked by promoters, mm. right? Yeah. So it's like, throw my own show. And, exactly. and, and that's what I did. And I feel like, no, that's, that's the pinnacle. And that's, I could use that now as leverage to kind of say, okay, 150 people came to see me. And how much you charging at the door? How much? So these, you check my say stuff like that. And I could take my whole show and use it as leverage as well for like outside of our market and, and kind of pitch myself to, you know, a different island or a different area and be like, this is the kind of show you could get for yeah. this price. You know, that kind of way, like people need to see it. Like people yeah. who come to the show, they will know and they will see it, you know, but p- most of the people are online watching and they can't yeah. get that feeling of, what a fan who might be front row watching me in my face might get, you know? So mm-hmm. all of that stuff is just kind of me walking up some kind of leverage or kind of showing like what a whole package looks like. But politically, I would say I have experienced stuff where it's like, I have come to realize that sometimes if somebody don't have anything to do with it, like your success or whatever, they kind of wouldn't vouch for you, if that makes sense. So mm. if if you if it's like they want camp, ownership, yeah. If you're in their camp, of course they're gonna push somebody who in their camp more so than pushing, you know, somebody else who's mm. not in their camp. So yeah. if they ask for a specific kind of artist and they have it in their camp, they will never push. Obviously, you know, it's just that's just what people yeah. would do if there's they're in like, their camp. Yeah, yeah, there's like favoritism, nepotism, all the isms involved. Yeah, but you know, you said something that I'm really glad you mentioned because I feel like me and Heiza found ourselves wondering if this is a thing, and you just confirmed it. Um, that people with any kind of, you know, talent or platform or anything from the Virgin Islands, it seems like Virgin Islanders don't celebrate them until they're celebrated outside of the Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. you- and that's not just a VI thing. To be honest, I feel like that's everywhere in the world, like. People, so because people I, only see value out when you when you go and come back. I don't yeah. know. I, I I could be wrong, but I feel like like let's look let, let's since we're like using music as a reference. I feel like rappers who come out of New York, when they pop, people from New York already know who they are and go up for them. Mm-hmm. Same thing, like oh my god, somebody was just telling me how Atlanta wasn't really like that place until like Ludacris and all those rappers from Atlanta started to get more popular in the early 2000s. And it was the same thing. Atlanta was going up for them before the rest of us had access to them. So I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe it's not a Virgin Island thing. Maybe it's a small town thing. Maybe but don't it's... look at it at like, okay, so there's two levels to it, right? Okay. I have, I have my fans. I have my supporters, mm-hmm. like the common people but mm-hmm. there are people what i'm saying in in, in higher positions or mm-hmm. in in places that could be the one to do this for me but they mm-hmm. might not do that because they feel maybe... like you're not recognizable outside of the territory no not because of that but because i'm not a part of their camp per se or like mm-hmm. it's just what i'm saying is that i have support from via as i'm saying everybody doesn't know me but i am yeah. blessed i am mm-hmm. one yeah. of the people who are blessed to have home support so if yeah. i do go yeah. away i know for a fact i have a foundation with 
my VA following because people look at that, right? People be like, you're not popping in your hometown, so why should I support you, right? right. So I know I have a following here, but when mm-hmm. it comes to growing more, as in like, so that it's like the, the people in home, power who could pull you up higher are the yeah, ones who so typically for example, are like, you might, this, so for example, you might start out and you might charge maybe like 200 because you didn't really, you know, you ain't really that popping. You might charge a $200 for a show. As you get more fans, you increase your price, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that in my, in my, in what I think is that you might have a peak as to what you might be able to charge as your price. But mm-hmm. if you go away and say, I do another big feature and I do a bunch of shows and now I'm getting a certain price elsewhere, now they're forced to pay that price because I'm getting that price everywhere else. It, it could mm-hmm. mean I'll never come back home to perform because I've not mm-hmm. grown and I'm going yeah. to increase my value and I'm getting this price, this performance fee. I'm now outside here. So to, for me to come back in now, it's right. like you have to treat me like how I'm being treated <laughs> right, elsewhere. Yeah. But okay. if That's I'm only point. exposed to, if I'm only exposed to like home mm-hmm. stuff, it's, it's a ceiling I feel like you can reach in the VA in terms of growth in the VA. That's why people be like, you know, you, you start in a VA, but VA is never the goal, right? We, we want to go we want to go out and be appreciated elsewhere. And that's really how you, you know, increase your funds, increase your pricing, like all that stuff when you show your value in another market. Yeah. 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 So, so maybe that's, maybe that's, that's what I'm it. saying. Maybe that's it is yeah. that, you know, a lot of times people don't really get that level of like respect or, or platform until they leave because then they could come back and say, I went out here and I did that. And they paid me mm. what I was worth. So when I come back right. here, I need to do the same thing. So yeah. Yeah. I love to see it. Um me but yeah, too. I I I grateful for you throwing that show, obviously, because I, I love that you chose to do that for yourself. If people yes. wasn't going to create that space for you, you created it for yourself. But also like it sends the message to other people, even if it's not musical artists, like even like us, we've been talking about, you know, going home and doing a live show for so long. And sometimes for me, that thought to creep in, like, are people going to come to a live? Yes. Good up show. Actually. <laughs> like, I would love to do it, but yeah. I, you know, that self doubt to come in because I, sorry, VI crowds could be very tough sometimes. They're, yeah. Virgin Islanders are a tough crowd. They, like... they are a tough crowd. <laughs> so it's almost like if you come make it home and you get your, your, people you good you know like because it it is Mm -hmm. tough but seeing you do the show and like again create that space for yourself and say i also keep that for now i gonna do my own shit and i gonna charge and people gonna come see me and you gonna see that they're gonna come and sell out this this vip section of all these tickets Mm -hmm. like it just confirmed for me and i'm sure for a lot of other people like okay if i want to do that for myself if we want to create that space for ourselves like there is space to do that we could do that yeah and it is possible especially for women that's not a part of it too is that we have a very male dominated like entertainment industry back home in in a bunch of different you know different like genres or whatever so seeing you do it is like you know, the girls, um, you know, we all here. We could do this fuck. I know. I love like, it. I, I think that you also have to, to, okay, so just throw it and put it on for, for you and mm-hmm. just appreciate the fact that even if five people come or 10 people, it's still a testament that you guys have like a following or people yeah. that support you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in the beginning, I was nervous too. Like, oh gosh, like, how much ticket selling slow? Like, okay, let me make a minimum of maybe 50 people. I hope if 50 people come, I'll be good. And my yeah. sister reminded me, she was like, girl, if 10 people come, you better perform your ass off with them 10 yeah. people and be grateful that they spend your money. And I was like, yeah, money. Guys, if I had know, come and I were the only one, out. I want to hear the whole show. Listen, going off, <laughs> having a blast. Yes. But I just say not to say is like, once you go on a, on a limb, like leap of faith, like God going to do the rest. You just have to keep like, taking it the steps to it and really believe mm. in what you're doing and to me just point it on in itself whatever you decide to do like actually point it on is our accomplishment like because it's a lot of hard work to to you know like, like point on it by yourself there's a lot of stuff that go into throwing an event yeah like it is it is yeah it's just a lot it is well I could I I can't say it enough like we are very proud of you and we see you and everything you're doing like we here for it. So just know on those days where like that self-doubt creeping, just be like, you know what? If anybody don't get me, good up, get me. Like, 
Good up, guy. I got, I got up, hop on me. the podcast real quick for <laughs> like yeah. exactly. If, you, if nobody else gas you up, we'll gas you up. Hey, Isa got me. Okay. Yeah. If nobody else comes on my show, Deidre and Hey Isa will be there on a I Zoom will, call. I will just want to say, cause yeah, <laughs> we spread will over in person. If, if, I know. We need. I to will try. I will try. Listen, it's problem. Like I know. everybody's so spread out that yeah. you, you try to show one place, but like everybody, everybody can't come. Want to be there, but they can't come. Yeah. Sometimes I wish like we could have just have this one like big thing where everybody could be at and really see like mm-hmm. who would be there. But yeah, that's that you know be fun if you collaborate with like somebody from home, someplace like maybe like Miami or Atlanta, and you really put together a fire ass event yeah that's something mm-hmm. i would have listen i do not yeah like i no could definitely see traffic kind of happening in atlanta and yeah right in yeah i'm gonna just say this there's a particular plane that i will never board and it's yellow but <laughs> i will board that yellow plane if money i will fully board that yellow plane if monet Ooh. is having a function exactly. we we cannot gas you up enough for just everything you're here doing like we see you yeah. we proud of you like you inspire us and everything that we to do. So absolutely. Before we wrap up, is there anything coming up for you? I know you you've been posting your shows that are coming up, but anything that you want to promote that you want the audience to make sure they go support you and listen to the floor. Is yeah, yours. so I will. Um, I'll be dropping a summer EP. So like four songs. So I am in the process of just re-recording some stuff and fixing up some music, but. Is all summer songs just you know about having a good time and yes. being it, being outside? Does it include that tweet that you? Yeah, yeah, about? a song with me and five two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one they have. So that one they have. Oh my I'm god! So talking talking that shit. Ooh, as you, you should. So you saying you and five two giving us the song of the summer? Period. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I wanted them on yes. a song together. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> hey, it's a lot of people been it. wanting it. Yeah. I I so it here just for had it. to be the right timing. So yeah. the timing yeah. was right. So it happened now. So just yeah. to put it out. I think it's I think it's gonna be exactly what people are expecting, to be honest. Oh, yeah. oh I'm I, excited. I I'm so here for it. <laughs> All right, child. Well, you heard Monet. Make sure when our EP come out, I'll blow that shit up. Don't make me come out here. Period. The official Monet. You can find her on IG, you can find her on Twitter, you can find her on TikTok. Monet will be out here. Giving the girls the eight counts dancing, okay? And yeah, like we <laughs> said, you welcome back anytime. This was yes. a wonderful episode. Um, for those of you listening, you can find us on social media at Good Up Pod. And you can help us keep the lights on in this bitch on Patreon at patreon.com slash good up podcast. And yeah, we're gonna be right back here next week with yet another episode. We don't plan on going anywhere yet. Shout out to our sponsor, Empath. And shout out to our sponsor. Services. Yes, Ooh, we have a sponsor for this. Yes, sponsor. Yes, yeah, girl. Sponsor for the whole season. She real. She's from the Virgin Islands and she loves and supports our show. So thank you so much to Empath Psychological Services. And yeah, we'll see y'all right back here next week. DJ, don't get distracted. You know, you got to tell the people them. No. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This season of The Good Up Podcast is sponsored by Empath Psychological Services. The Good Up Podcast is Black woman hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Hey Isaac Quinones Ivory. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod. Tag us using the hashtag Good Up Tuesday and join the VIP section over on Patreon for exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash Good Up Podcast.